You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. Family. Have you ever thought why family is so important? I believe you did. And there are many reasons why family is important, right? But there is one that makes, I think, family really, really important, and that is this. It is a place, family is a place where children get the whole idea of what family is, which greatly influences and shapes them in setting up their own future families. I, I mean, it is the place, family is the place where you and I get the whole idea of what a family is, which has, I believe, greatly influenced and shaped the family that we now have, right? Or that we now have formed one for ourselves. And likewise, our current families will greatly influence and shape the future families as well, especially the families of our children. It can be in a good way or bad, and that depends on how you and I are making our influences. So let me ask you, how are you, how are we making our influences in our families? Especially if you are parents like me, right? You know what I mean. But this question applies to everyone, even to grandparents, right? And who are yet to become parents that you are looking forward to become parents or who may never, who may never be, who may never be one. You see, do you know that there is one powerful way of influencing and shaping the future families for generations? And if you do this, if you do this well, I can guarantee you that we will have better and healthier families, not only in these generations, but for many generations to come. So for that, let me share with you one of the, one of the popular and most inspiring stories found in the book of Genesis. And that is the story of Joseph. Now you may ask me, why is that one of the most inspiring stories in the book of Joseph? I believe you already know why. But you see, as we all know, Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. And so the, the brothers of Joseph didn't like that, didn't like that idea, right? And didn't like Joseph at all. And to make it, and to make it even worse, Joseph had a dream. And, and, and he told this, his dream to everybody. And his dream, was, and his dream symbolizes that everyone in the family will bow to him. And he was the youngest, he was the youngest son, you see. And so what happened as a result of that, you know, we know, right? His, his brothers decided to kill him, his, and, they, and, and they, they, almost, they almost killed him, right? They almost killed him. But in the end, they sold him away as a slave. And then they went back to their father and they told a lie to their father, saying that Joseph has been killed by an animal, a wild animal came and eat him up, right? Add him up. And the brothers live happily ever after. <laughs> well, actually, happily ever after uh, only for 22 years, because after 22 years, a bad famine hit the whole nations except Egypt. So what happened? The brothers of Joseph went down to buy food from the prime minister of Egypt. And as you know, as you know, to their horror, they found out that the prime minister of Egypt was the one whom they sold away as a slave. Yeah, Joseph, their own blood, their own brother. And so finally, this was like, this was like the moment for Joseph to get, 
to get even with his brothers for what they did to him, right? But then again, something, something unusual, something unexpected happened. Because while Joseph had the opportunity, Joseph had the chance to get even with his brothers, you know what Joseph did? Joseph forgave his brothers. Joseph forgave his brothers. After meeting his brothers, Joseph revealed himself because his brothers couldn't recognize him. And of course, they were terrified. They were, they were terrified not only because they were standing before their brother whom they sold away as a slave, but now as the prime minister of Egypt. And that means that at, at a single command, their lives can be destroyed anytime. But you see, in spite of all that was done to him, Joseph somehow forgave his brothers. Now, listen. Listen to how Joseph responded when he saw his brothers. I, I think it's quite amazing. Because this kind of thing makes you wonder, like, how in the world is such thing possible? And this is what the scripture records for us. Joseph kissed each of his brothers. I mean, Joseph kissed the brothers who sold him away, who wanted to kill him, who, who sold him away as a slave. And Joseph wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. Joseph kissed his brothers and wept. Question is really, how? How do you explain that? Really, how do you explain that? What, what got into Joseph that he responded the way he did? I mean, how is that possible even, right? Well, as the story goes, Joseph got all his brothers and his father uh, in Egypt to live with him. But not long after that, Jacob, his father, died. And then something stirred up in the minds of Joseph's brothers. Listen to this. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Of course, who wouldn't? They were they are still fearful because, because they, 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 cannot, they cannot come to terms with, 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 with Joseph forgiving them. It's like, how could it be? How can it be? It's like, it's just impossible. It's, it doesn't make sense. And so when, when the father passed away, they became fearful because they thought that that's it, you know, because the scripture says, you know, this is what they thought, right? The brothers thought, you see, now Joseph, now that our father is dead, now Joseph will show his anger and he will pay us back for all the wrong that we did to him. And so out of the fear that they had, they sent this message. The scripture tells us they sent this message to Joseph. And the message was this, before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for the sin in, in treating you so cruelly. And listen again, uh, how Joseph responded when he heard what Jacob, his father, had requested of him for his brothers. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and he wept. And, and you know the story, and you know how the story ends, right? Joseph reassures uh, his brothers of his forgiveness and he takes care of his, all his brothers and their families, right? Question is, again, 
how in the world did Joseph do that? How in the world did Joseph forgive his brothers? Where did he get the idea of forgiving the brothers in spite of all the things that did they did to him? What do you think? <laughs> Here's what I think. Here's what I think, because there is an event. There was an event that made a lasting impact on Joseph, which most likely, I believe, contributed in a big way in forgiving his brothers. And do you know what that event was? I think some of you may have already guessed it correctly. It was the event of Jacob, his father, Jacob, meeting Esau, his uncle. Yep, as you know, that Jacob... Uh, Joseph's father, Jacob, and Esau, they were twin brothers, right? And as the scripture tells us that Jacob deceived his brother to sell his birthright to him. And as if that wasn't enough, later on, Jacob deceived his father and stole the blessing of his brother Esau. First, Jacob deceived and took away the birthright from his brother. Second, Jacob deceived and stole the blessing of his brother Esau. Third, Jacob disappeared, right? Jacob ran away. And of course, because Esau, his brother, was angry and was looking to kill him for the evil thing that he has done to his own brother. And so fast forward after 20 years, Jacob was finally compelled by God to meet face to face with his brother Esau. And probably like to pay the consequence for all the wrongs that he did to him. And this is what the scripture records for us. Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and his two servant wives. So this is the moment uh, Jacob is going to meet his brother Esau. And of course he's fearful. So Jacob put the servant, the scripture tells us, Jacob put the servant wives uh, and their children at the front, Leah and the children next, and then Rachel and Joseph last. Now, do you notice that? Do you notice something here? Joseph was there. Joseph was there during this event. So, the scripture continues to tell us that then Jacob went ahead and as he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. So while Esau was, you see, while Esau was still at some distance, Jacob, uh, Jacob bowed seven times as a way of, of, of saying, I'm sorry, of, as a way of saying, I am at your mercy. Uh, my life and, my, and the lives of my family members are all at your mercies. You know, it's, they are all yours. And then the scripture tells us, then Esau ran, ran towards, uh, 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 ran towards Jacob. You see, Esau, uh, Esau saw his cruel and deceitful brother, and immediately he started to run towards him with his 400 men. And you can just imagine with me, all right? You can just imagine with me. When Esau started running towards uh, Jacob, uh, the general or the commander of 400 men would be something like, you know, let's, let's go charge. That's the man, Jacob, that's the man. You know, that's the man that did the bad thing to our master Esau. Come on, let, charge, you know, charge. 
charged. And as they, as they drew near to Jacob and his family, they drew their swords, thinking that this is the moment that their master Esau has been waiting for his life, for entire of his life. And then they were waiting for Esau. And as they were waiting for Esau to make the first strike, this is what? Uh, they, they, they saw him do. And the scripture tells us, then Esau ran to meet him and embrace him. And then probably they would be like confused, like, huh, what's, what's happening? And then uh, Esau threw his arms around his neck. And then it's like, okay, maybe he's going to strangle him. But then what shocked him was Esau kissed Jacob. And not only that, they wept together. In other words, Esau forgave his deceitful brother, Jacob. Just like that. Just like that, yes. Just like that. And listen, and listen to this. Joseph was there. Remember? Joseph was there. He saw everything that took place. He saw exactly what his uncle Esau did to his undeserving father, Jacob. And many years and many years later, an incident uh, took place that was, that was exactly of the same tone as this one. We read that earlier, didn't we? Let me show you uh, the comparison and the link between the two. Here it is. Look at the same words. Esau, in, in the case of Esau and Jacob, embraced, kissed his brother and wept together in spite of what Jacob did to Esau. And then we see in Joseph's life as well that Joseph also kissed his brother. Look, look, Joseph also kissed and Joseph also wept uh, with his brothers in spite of what his brothers did to him. You see, in Genesis chapter 33, we see Joseph witnessing. We see Joseph uh, uh, saw his uncle Esau forgiving his father Jacob for all his wrongdoing. And then many years later on in Genesis chapter 45, we see Joseph himself doing exactly the same thing, forgiving his brothers for their wrongdoing towards him. Now, there may be other factors, but you and I cannot deny the fact that Joseph had been greatly impacted by what he saw with his own eyes. Or, as an oral tradition, uh, his father Jacob would, would, would tell and retell about what his uncle Esau did to his father, right? And that, that was a catalytic moment for Joseph to emulate in his own future family situation with his brothers. From this, from this, we are reminded of a great truth about how you and I, how we can influence and shape our future families in a positive way. And that is this, by setting a good example, by setting a good example with our actions. Why? I believe you know why, right? Because a good example with our actions is far more powerful than a good opinion. I mean, words are powerful, no doubt about that. But actions are even more powerful and life-changing than words.
And I've experienced this for myself and my family. What do I mean? Let me explain. This is what we try to do every night, as much as possible. Of course, <laughs> this is one of those uh, good, smooth, perfect uh, moments uh, where you get everyone to sit, you know, quietly, <laughs> obediently, and even take a picture to show all of you today, <laughs> right? Uh, but well, you, 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 you can call this what? Uh, you call this a family devotion or a family worship, right? Where you read the Bible together, you talk about, the, uh, you talk about what you read, you sing uh, songs and you pray together and so on. So this is what we are trying to do uh, every night as much as possible. And this has become like a family ritual uh, uh, for us. So my question to you is this, do you know why I started, do you know why my wife and I started doing this with our kids? Here is why. The reason is because I'm following my parents' example into my own family now. What do I mean? You see, since I was very young, my mom and my dad, they led me and my brothers and my sisters in family worship every single night. And that has deeply influenced and shaped me in, in what I do today with my kids. And so I, I really want to thank, I really want to thank my, my, my dad and my mom for setting such a good example for me to follow into my own family today. So I just want to say, I just want to say to them, Elamoto um, Monsoka, Elamoto Monsoka. Oh, well, that, that means, uh, that means thank you very much in my, in my own mother tongue. Ah, today, those of you who are watching, ah, you learn, you, you have additional knowledge today, huh? you are learning my mother tongue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, what about my mom and my dad? Uh, did you know, uh, did you know why my parents, you know, why they did, why they, why they led us um, in family worship? every single night when we were when we were young and some of you are already guessing correctly yes they were also following their own parents examples who did family worship with them since they were very young so you see what's happening here is this my my grandparents set an example for my parents and my parents followed and set an example for me and my siblings. <laughs> and now I am following and setting an example for my kids. <laughs> Can you see? Can you see how it, it, it influenced and shaped three generations? In fact, four, I would say. Why? Because sometimes, and here's a, here, here's a, here's a, here's a confession. <laughs> You see, I get tired and I get lazy sometimes to tell a Bible story or read a Bible verse to my kids. And my son, my son will protest by saying, Papa, how come you are not reading, uh, you are not telling us Bible story today? You know, I know that's kind, that's kind of the ouch uh, reality, uh, a bit convicting isn't it yeah but but the point here is this that now 
Even my six-year-old son has understood that this is what a family does every night. <laughs> you see, he has, he has gotten into, into his head that, yeah, this is what a family does every night. And that's why I said, four generations, my grandparents, my parents, myself, and now my children, even though they are young, but you see the impact that has been made, even though they are so young, and I hope and I really pray that, that God will help them, that they will grow in understanding this as, yes, what a family does, and that they will continue on to their generation and to their children's generation, setting this example in each generation to come. And I really pray that my children will continue to take on this example. That's the power of setting good examples with our actions. Listen, it is the most powerful instrument that you have. It is the most powerful instrument that I have in our possessions to influence and shape better future families for generations. So, as parents and grandparents, you can set good examples with your own actions for your children and your grandchildren for them to follow into their own future families. As uncles and aunties, you can set, you also can set good examples with your own actions for your nephews and nieces, for them to follow into their own future families. Or whoever you are, or whatever circumstances you are in, listen, you can set good examples with your own actions for people around you, for them to follow into their own lives which in return can impact their families and their children and their children, children and their children, children, children. And then, and then it just goes on and on and on for generations. So imagine if all of us begin to lean, lean more towards or begin to focus more on setting good examples with our actions instead of focusing on commenting or criticizing on what other people do or what other people say. Because I believe this is what you know. I believe this is what I know. This is what we, we, we know this truth, right? Because you can't control the responses of people around you. You can't, right? You cannot. They would say they would respond the way they would, they would want to. But there is one thing that we can control. You see, you can't control the responses of the people around you, but you can control the examples that you set for them, right? So, and of course, even when we set good examples, you know, how they would respond, you cannot control. And that's why I said, you know, instead of focusing on what people do or what people say, I think we need to learn to focus more on what we can control. What we can control is the examples that we can set for people, irrespective of how they would respond or they would not, you see? Now, do you know what's the implication here of, of, of all these things that we are saying? The implication is this, that you can be the reason for future families to be blessed beyond your wildest imaginations. Yeah, it is true. Or, at the same time, you can also be the reason for future families to be dysfunctional. Yeah, 
to, to, to suffer beyond your wildest imaginations. Because you see, it, it only takes one bad example to destroy the whole family, right? It, it only takes one. Sometimes it only takes only one bad example to destroy the whole family. And so, here's the thing. That all we do, that, that all we do today, whatever we do today in the family life, they become examples. Uh, they, become, they become examples that will serve as a reference for future families. And this is true, especially uh, what we do. This is true, especially what we do during, the, during those difficult moments in the family. Uh, what do I mean by that? Let me put it this way. It is what you do. It is how you do in times of crisis or conflicts. The decisions that you make, the action that you choose to take, the way you handle crisis and conflicts, the way you treat one another in those uh, tough, difficult, and, and, and conflicting moments in in the family they they become the most powerful example that you can set for your children which can significantly influence and shape their future family they the 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 decisions that you take the examples that you uh, the 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 way you treat one another the way you treat conflict in the family all these they become the most powerful example that you can set for the people around you which can significantly influence and shape their future families as well. And that is why, that is why we talk about um, the three things in the, in, in the last three messages. Remember, we talked about conflicts, we talked about relationships and reconciliation in the family. And, and you know, right? We, we know that these, these are the toughest areas in the family, right? These are the toughest areas in the family, but, but these are also the best areas in the family where you get to set a good example. Yes, these are, these are the toughest areas in your family, but they are also the best areas in your family where you can take the opportunity to set a good example. And today, that is simply what we are learning or relearning from the life of Joseph and his uncle Esau. And that's why family is super important. And I think it's, it's more important than what you and I can imagine, right? So remember, all right, remember, Next time when it comes to anything, when it comes to family matters, remember that it is not just about surviving or resolving conflicts to get past the day. Remember, more importantly, it is about impacting future families from the examples that we set with our own actions. That will greatly determine the health of our families and the health of our families will greatly impact our societies 
I guess there will be better societies with better and healthier families, right? So, let us be decisive. Let us be intentional to leave behind a legacy of good examples for our children, for our loved ones. Because I believe, I believe with all my heart that that's the best lasting legacy you can leave behind for future families and for generations to come. And as I close, here is our takeaway for today. Here is the application question that you need to ask, that I need to ask, and then decide to do something about the answer. Ready for this? Here is the question that I want to leave with you. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to change about me so that I will leave a legacy of good examples for my loved ones? Take a, take a small step. Start small. Think about what is one thing? What is, what is one thing that you will change about you? What is one thing you will change about you? Perhaps it could be the way you talk or treat your loved ones in the family. It could be, perhaps it could be the way you handle conflicts in the family. It could be the way you view and manage your finances. Or it could be the way you struggle to forgive your loved ones who have hurt you badly. Or it could be, it could be, well, you know your situation best. So ask yourself, what do I need to change about me so that I will leave a legacy of good examples for my loved ones? And after you ask, do something, do something to change. Because, you see, we all love our families, don't we? So let's do it together. Let's Let's make it a point to make our families, the, the, the current ones and the future families, to be great ones, right? A, a better and a healthier family for everyone. And, and, and may our good Lord, I pray that our good Lord will help each one of us in this, in this journey, in this great adventure called family. God bless you. God bless your family and my family. Amen.